All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of the Football Lab Podcast. I am Corey, as always, joined by Jared. Uh, once again, Frank has just pressed play and walk away, so it's just the two of us today. How you doing, Jared? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, just getting ready to preview some Big Ten football and some ACC football. We've got we've got football this weekend. I I know it's happening. We got five games. We'll get to those in just a second. Uh, first, let's go over some headlines and stuff. Kind of a quiet week, nothing major. Um, Nebraska apparently going to get hit with uh, some violations for how they're using their analysts. Yeah, it. Uh, it, it you kind of wonder if it's not a move to get rid of Frost, huh? Well, I mean, they turned in they turned in the video themselves, so <laughs> that tells you pretty. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Every major college uses their analysts in ways they're not supposed to. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's just rampant. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think like of it. all the think of all the players that thank like Joe Burrow when he gave his Heisman speech, he get, he thanked an analyst. And in theory, that analyst and Joe Burrow aren't supposed to communicate with each other. Uh yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's rampant. I mean, Kansas got in trouble for it like a year or two ago. Um but for the most part, you don't hear about it. It's just kind of an accepted thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. To me, it, yeah, it's like speeding. You're either speeding with a crowd or you're speeding to a point to where you get caught. And I feel like when you self-regulate like that, it's either to avoid future trouble or <laughs> it, it works to your advantage as a school. Yeah, and, it just it, the timing of it's weird. Uh, if you're going to do this, why do it, you know, a week before the season starts? Yeah, and that, that is weird. I, I mean, why not let him finish the season, or why Why is he even still the coach? Because they, they're one of the first five games of the season. They play this weekend. Oh, yeah, they do, don't they? They do. Um, so that's kind of weird. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Uh, like I said, everybody misuses their analysts, so this is not anything groundbreaking. It's not like the Arizona State stuff. Well, I guess it kind of is because they were holding – workouts off of facility like off the campus premises with like coaches present oh that is interesting yeah um everybody's breaking the covid rules i'm sure i'm sure plenty of the sec teams are the same but it only matters if you get caught that's true and, and it makes me wonder too like i know it's going back to the Pac-12, but like with Arizona State, like what all did they do exactly? <laughs> well, they were hosting like recruiting events and like having kids come on campus, which was just absolutely not allowed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because when you think about it, everybody who signed last year for the most part hadn't had, there's a good chance you'd never been on campus before. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I know uh, Georgia was like, I mean, I, I wonder how many kids just kind of showed up on campus and walked around or something. Um, I don't know. It seemed like they were pretty, they stayed pretty well on top of it, but you have to think that special visits happened that no one found out about everywhere. Oh, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, probably the thing that most interesting to me, uh, Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated. They put out an article about uh, coaches wanting to change the scholarship limit per year. Um, yeah. Increasing it above 25. So do you think they go above 25 or do they go to like, when I say above 25, do you think they move it to 
like 26 or 30? Or do you think they bump it up to something like whatever the school can afford? No, you can't do that. Um, you can't make it. There's a reason that there's a 25 limit. Right, but I'm saying, like, do you make it like 50 to 75, something crazy like that? No, well, in my opinion, what they should do is one of two things. I would actually keep it, keep the scholarships at 25, but okay. I wouldn't count transfers against that 25. Okay. Because that's the way it works now. If you take in a transfer, it counts to your 25 scholarships. I think transfers, you either get a separate allotment of how many transfers you can take, or honestly, just open the transfers up. However many, if you, because I mean, for instance, LSU, we have self-imposed scholarship sanctions right now. We can only have 81 out of, instead of 85. Well, because of all of the transfers we've had, we can't even fill the 81. Like, we don't have 81 scholarship football players. See, I think that's something that happened uh, with Georgia is we didn't recruit to the full capacity of our class because we didn't know how everything was going to count with super seniors, transfers. Right. So I think we took probably five or six less players than we usually do. I mean, 20 is still in that range for sure, but it just seems like we went on the low end because we're afraid, I don't know if we're afraid to cut somebody or take a scholarship or what. Right. No, I think I think they should I think they should either make a separate allotment for transfers or not count not count transfers for the twenty five, but keep the twenty five for true incoming freshmen. Yeah. Um, I sure. think that's a good idea. That's how I would do it. Um, another thing I would do, I was I would get rid of the gray shirt, blue shirt rules. Um, I don't know how much you know about that, but it creates that's the part of the reason why Alabama can take twenty six, twenty seven players every single year. They've got something figured out with the gray shirt, blue shirt rules, and I've read the rules before, and somebody kind of explained it to us, and it made sense. But there's some way that they do it to where some players don't count towards this class, so they're constantly have like a rollover thing going on. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty complicated, but your your classes don't start until your second s- semester. Well, that's that's the gray shirt rule, I think. It I think is the blue, the- yeah, the blue shirt rules is something to do with medical, I think. Um, yeah, see, and see, I knew that was a thing, um, the blue shirt, because I've seen, you see, like, you can see, like, six-year seniors. Right. And, I mean, they're rare, but it happens. Well, Alabama does something with early enrollees counting towards the class before them. I know, it's something, they figured out some loophole that apparently no one else has figured out, and they just, that's why they sign 27 players every year. Okay, just, so, so here's another one. See, I didn't know that red shirt. I mean, we all know what the red th- shirt is. Right. You're on scholarship. You can't play, but you can practice. And well, you can I play think it up to you can play it up to four, four games. Four yeah, games. Four games. But gray shirt, no scholarship. You can't play. You can't practice. You have to wait until the second semester. So basically, you're on the team, but you're waiting till the second semester to become an actual part of the team. Right. So blue shirt though is for it's like the scholarship version of this. That's right. That's what it is. But the athlete is not formally recruited. Right. Put- and so from what I understand, they'll get a couple of players each year that are that have a pretty good chance of not contributing to the team and they'll take these blue shirt scholarships. So they don't they don't count towards the twenty five and they just end up going towards the eighty five at you know, come the spring semester. And they also have the green shirt rule. Uh, which is a student who has graduated high school in December can be an early enrollee. 
Um, Alabama is known to use this, and they did it uh, for their last quarterback. So Mac Jones was an early enrollee, enrollee, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, they do something funky with early enrollees. Um, No, no, they were saying they used an early enrollee to prepare for Clemson in the national championship last year. Okay, so they had had somebody else. We did that with TJ Finley and uh, Derek Stingley, actually. uh, actually, There was a chance that Stingley was actually going to play against UCF. It would have burned a full year of his eligibility. Um, But they talked about possibly activating him, I guess, for lack of a better term, for the uh, UCF game in uh, 2018. Well, you have to think of if if you're even questioning that, it's a guy that's not going to be with you four years anyway. Oh, Stingley, yeah, I mean, Stingley could have gone pro after his freshman year and nobody would have batted an eye, you know. So, is he going to be able to go um he'll be able to go after this season even though he'll technically still be a sophomore, right? Or is he a junior? I think technically he's a junior. I mean, it just for last year's purposes, I think it kind of so, yeah, with COVID rules, he'll still be a sophomore. Yeah, it counts how you want it to count, basically, yeah. if you want to consider yourself a junior. I mean, he'll be past the three years after high school rule, which is what the rule is, so he'll be eligible to go. Yeah, that's something. I, uh, yeah, so Alabama, there's probably a lot of schools that have figured stuff out, but I, I had no idea that there was the green shirt in, in addition to the gray and the blue. Yeah, I would get rid of all those rules. I think it just – it just complicates things and convolutes everything down to where it's just it's so hard to keep track of. Sometimes you wonder if that convolution's just not intentional, though. To do. I mean, it definitely doesn't raise any eyebrows when nobody understands what's happening. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they change it because they're trying to get it into effect for this year. Um, yeah. From what I read, which would be, which would be interesting. Um because I know LSU's gotten a bad rap because we'll pull scholarships from kids last minute because we run out of spots. So, it, like Major Burns, perfect example. Yeah. The reason he ended up at Georgia is because we didn't think we were going to have a spot for him at LSU. We told him to wait until the late signing period when he didn't want to, so he ended up signing with Georgia instead. And then when he got his free pass to come back, he took it. He came back when we had it, yeah. So, um, and he's supposed likely going to be a starter this year, so it worked out good for us. Well, and I also feel like, I mean, just in his perspective, I think it was a smart move. Because yeah, he, mean, probably, his, he probably knew he wasn't going to start right away at Georgia. Right. But he wasn't just not playing football. Right. He got to come back. He gets to play immediately. Um, I know mm-hmm. his dad passed away when he was like a junior in high school or something like that. So he gets to be close to back to his family, which is a big deal. Um, I'm excited for him. I'm happy. Him and Jalen Lee, who went to Florida, those are two guys I wish we wouldn't have dropped from the recruiting class they were in, but it is what it is. Yeah, that, I mean, it, it happens every cycle. Yeah, and especially now. And spe- we, I mean, it's going to be a new normal now of just chaos every off season. Yeah, especially if they don't change the chance for rule, because if your options are, you know, a high three-star, eighteen-year-old, or you can go get a three-year starter, you know, offensive tackle from a group of five programs that you think is going to be really good and you have a need on the offensive line, you're going to go for the transfer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to take experience and, uh, I mean, these. I mean, think about it. I mean, most people at 18 are not what they are two years later at 20 as far as physically goes. Oh, no. I mean, there's a huge jump from a high school athletic program to a college athletic program. Just yeah. I mean, the but just... Nutrition and the workouts and the structure and, the, and but, all yeah, of it. 
but also just the maturing of you as a human being. Like most normal people don't come out looking like just a straight man at 16 years old. Like some of these players. (laughs) No doubt. Derrick Henry. I mean, literally all, everyone. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the games this weekend. Um, are there any of these games that you're excited about? I mean, n- no. <laughs> we got a Big Ten matchup okay. right out the gate. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I am excited to see. I'm curious to see what UCLA is actually packing. Because yeah. you did, y'all have them for your first game, correct? Yeah, we play them the week after. So I am curious to see what UCLA is with the Skip Kelly offense. Um, yeah, I'll be watching the UCLA game pretty close. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I think they are all, they're all staggered to where I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to watch all of them. Yeah, um, they, are, they are all staggered. And I fully plan to. So I'll, I'll have, I don't know if I'll have notes for all the games, but I'll have thoughts and opinions on all of them. Yeah, uh, I'm going to try to get in uh, watching a majority of them. I don't know about this because <laughs> I'm such an old born man, this 10 o'clock Southern Utah, San Jose State. Oh, dude, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll be there till the end. Man, props to you. Actually, Nine. I probably won't be there till the end. It'll If if it's like a 20-point lead in like the third quarter, I'll probably tune out. I am interested to watch the Nebraska-Illinois game, but I feel like it's going to be – it's probably going to be some ugly football this first week. Yeah, Nebraska and Illinois, is, I don't think, are two very good teams. Um, Not really. UConn's interesting because I don't think they played last year, did they? I don't believe they did. I don't think they played because they were they're an independent school, and I don't yeah. think they could get anybody scheduled. So I don't. This is their first game since 2019. Yeah, did UConn play last year? Ooh. I don't think they did. I don't think they did either, and they did. It says they did not. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure they didn't. So uh, yeah, that's that's quite a. It's quite a long time off from football as a program. Yeah, for sure. And Fresno State's always one of those sneaky teams where they could be better than what you think they're going to be. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like there's always some pretty good athletes that come out of Fresno State and end up in the NFL. The Gar Gar Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really. There's not a whole lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch them, but but yeah. I do I do love that the return of Wednesday Thursday football is just right around the corner. Right around the corner, man. <laughs> September right. first. All right, let's start talking about the Big Ten. Let's, um, let's start with the West. Okay. So last year Northwestern won the West at six and one. Yep. Um, Pat Gerald Pat Fitzgerald has always done a pretty good job at Northwestern. Um, they're never, you know, they're not usually the best team, but they're never really like truly terrible. Um, he's just one of those guys he brings in, you know, his, his, his players and they play as they play their asses off for him. So they're always kind of interesting to watch. And Um, they always seem to be underrated. Like they're not going to be some powerhouse, but they're they're dangerous for a lot of teams for whatever reason. They have this ability to loo, loo, like lure the big schools in, put them to sleep. Like they just never seem to play up to Northwestern. They always play just way below what they're normally doing. Well, they're disciplined and they're scrappy. And that's Mm -hmm, anytime you're disciplined and scrappy, you you can play with almost anybody. Um, 
they got the transfer quarterback from Clemson, which I think he was there last year, Hunter Johnson. Yeah. They also picked up um, Holinsky from South Carolina. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he did transfer there. Um, Got to think the the jobs for the Clemson guy, though. I, I would think. Yeah, he's probably going to be the starter, but I think Holinsky's just there for next year. Um, as far as your schedule goes, uh, they start with Michigan State, which that's going to be – I don't really know what we're going to get out of Michigan State just yet. Yeah, I was actually talking on a thread today, and um, yeah, Michigan State, I, I did not realize that they were in the top five as recently as 2015 is when they uh, got drummed by Alabama 38 to nothing in the playoffs. Yep. And they have just kind of fallen off. Like I mean, they, 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 I mean, they face planted after that. They seven and six in nine in twenty nineteen, and then this year or last year they went three and four. Yeah, um, they have not looked great. No, I mean, and Northwestern's got a pretty favorable schedule. Um, I, I mean, they start with Michigan State, and then it's pretty easy up until they play Michigan in October, the end of October. <sighs> It's a pretty rough stretch at Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, then at Wisconsin. Yeah, and then Purdue's kind of, you never know what you're going to get. But yeah. that's, a, that's a game you can lose. But, uh, yeah, they they have a really good stretch all the way up until that Michigan game. And Michigan, Michigan's a giant question mark. We'll get into them later. But, I mean. Yeah, you don't know what you're getting out of Michigan. They, they could potentially be undefeated up until Minnesota or Iowa. Yeah, for sure. I don't see him getting past Iowa, though. Um, well, that's a good transition. Let's talk about Iowa. Okay. Uh, Iowa was pretty good last year. Iowa's, um, I mean, it's kind of similar to Northwestern. I mean, they get their kind of players. And, I mean, their defense is always usually pretty good. Um, the offense is never super explosive, but I don't know. I feel like it's bad. Yeah, let's see. Last year they yeah they were ten and three. Last year, no, that's twenty nineteen. Apologies. Uh, and then last year, last year they were six and two. They finished right behind. Two. They finished right behind Northwestern. Yeah, and they and they ripped off six in a row. Yeah. So um, they've got I, a pretty pretty rough schedule at first. The first two games are Indiana, and then at Iowa State. Ugh, yeah, Iowa State. That's going to be a tough game. Yeah, and then early October they play Penn State, and then the back half of the schedule is not bad. It's all kind of broken up. Um, yeah, this first few games is that's tough. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they survive it. I mean, that's they could. They could. I mean, uh, they've got that uh, quarterback coming back this year, right? Uh, what's his name? Indiana or Iowa? Iowa. Um, Iowa's quarterback is Spencer Petras. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I saw him play last year, and he was pretty good for him. I, I could be wrong on that. Um, I'll be honest; I didn't watch a whole lot of Iowa football last year. Well, my family's from Iowa, so there's like a special. I gotcha. Special touch. Like I always keep up with them. Um, yeah, yeah. Spencer Petras. He's a redshirt junior. Um. I think they're going to be decent this year. They've got a lot of upperclassmen. I mean, their entire team is juniors and seniors, one sophomore. Yeah. And that's on the offense side, same on the defense, one sophomore. 
Well, and honestly, yeah, to me, Iowa kind of falls into that Oregon State territory where, you know, 8-4, and 9-3, 10-2 is kind of what they're going to be pretty much every year. Yeah, they always seem to drop one or two somewhere. Um, but as far as this side of the Big Ten, though, I could see Northwestern, Iowa, or Wisconsin taking it. I could see either of those three. I think you can throw Minnesota in there. I like B.J. Fleck. Um, I think he. I don't know if his whole style of coaching will work well at like a major Power Five school, but I think it works well at a place like Minnesota. Yeah, it's hard to tell with with twenty twenty with any of them, but yeah, I could see that. I mean, I could see him making a run. I just think traditionally, you could count on the right. other three to be the stronger teams. But I mean, you're right. I mean, they have just as good a chance. I feel like after that, though, it falls off sharp. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska, Purdue, and Illinois. I mean, until Nebraska shows me something, not much you can really say about them. Yeah, and then with their recent, you know, issues. I mean, it's just at the, well, yeah, I mean, that too. But at the end of the day, I mean, this isn't the early 90s anymore, the mid-90s, really. I mean, Nebraska's not what they used to be. No, they're not. They're, they are a shadow of their 90s self. They haven't been good in a very long time. All right, let's switch to uh, Wisconsin. Um, as we kind of talked about in the first episode, um, Wisconsin's my pick to win the Big Ten this year. So do you think they're actually going to – they have the best chance to beat Ohio State? I like Wisconsin as well. For I sure, think, I do. Um, I think they are – I mean, I know Ohio State's stacked. I mean, but... look, at, look at their, look at their, um, their depth chart. Yeah, senior, I, senior, senior, yeah. senior, 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 senior. They are totally primed to beat because Ohio State has got a lot of talent, but they're young, and they got to break in a new QB. There's nothing but consistency right. at Iowa. Penn State, the first game of the season, which it's Who at, knows. it's in, it's in Madison, so that helps. See, a lot um, of people are super high on Penn State this year, and. I, I, you're gonna have to show me because last year was pretty rough. I'm not a huge James. I'm not a huge James Franklin believer. Um, we'll get to that when we get to Penn State. I just don't think. I don't think he's that great of a coach. Yeah. So you got Penn State, and then they play Notre Dame in Week Four, but then after that, I mean, their schedule it splits up pretty nicely. I mean, they don't have to play Ohio State, and they don't have to play Indiana. Which is that's that's two positives. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I think Graham Mertz put something together. This is the first time they've ever had like a legit quarterback. I feel like. Um, yeah, I think uh, they're my pick to win. Well, I, I I'll have to agree with you on that. I, I if I had to pick one to win, it'd be Wisconsin. Um, and if I had to pick the bottom of your like the worst team is. I think it's going to be Purdue or Illinois again, but I For think sure. with, I think Wisconsin definitely wins the West. I'm not so sure about beating Ohio State. We'll just have. Well, to they see. wouldn't have to play Ohio State until the Big Ten championship. Yeah, but and you're right too. That first game is gonna it's gonna let you know right away which team's for real. Is it Iowa or is it Wisconsin? You mean uh, Penn State? Yes, Pitt. Jesus Christ! Right. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking down here. Uh, our next uh, Nebraska. Uh, I mean, I don't know. 
The schedule's yeah. not terrible. I mean, you got to go to Oklahoma in week four. Then you catch Ohio. I mean, the end of the season's rough. Ohio State, bye week at Wisconsin, then Iowa. I, I could totally see Nebraska losing to Oklahoma, Michigan State, Northwestern Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. I could see them yeah, losing I mean, if they don't all beat, those. If they don't beat Illinois, Illinois and Purdue, I mean, they, may not, they may not win a game. Well, except for Buffalo. They'll beat Buffalo. They'll be Buffalo and Fordham. That I might mean, be it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they might win two games this year. That's that's a that's a rough spell, but they could easily lose against Illinois because Illinois is right there with them. Right, and pretty the same thing. Yeah, and it's at Illinois, so Nebraska is definitely going to be the underdog coming in. I would think. Uh, I mean that game's week four, or no, 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 no. That's, week that's, one. that's week one. Yeah. Um. A rusty Nebraska going to Illinois. I don't know, man. Do you want to talk about a game I would have zero confidence betting in? Any of the it first is. five? <laughs> Nebraska versus Illinois. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a let's, bold move. Yeah, let's cover Purdue real quick. They're not going to be very good. All know. right, moving on. I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> that's the truth. I mean, we really don't have to spend a whole lot of time. I'm really, I don't Illinois or Purdue. Um, yeah. I don't think either of them are going to be. I think they're going to be what they're going to be. They're yeah. going to two to three wins at best. They'll win their they'll win their gaming games, um, yep. and that's pretty much going to be it, except for when they play each other. Because somebody has to win. And then I'm picking Illinois to beat Nebraska. Apparently, <laughs> upset of the week, I guess <laughs> technically, unless Hawaii can upset uh, UCLA. I mean, it's a possibility, man. I mean, I know we covered Pac-12 last week, but just quickly. I mean, they could be looking ahead. So, I mean, it's not. That's true. I mean. I don't know. It, I just, I, I still picture Hawaii as the, the Colt friend, Hawaii, that just throws it all the time, um, which I still think they kind of do. Uh, I think they do, but, I mean, obviously it doesn't translate over very well when they play anyone of real caliber. At the end of the day, they get to go to the Hawaii Bowl every year, so. <laughs> I know. What a what for one a t- team it's a vacation for Hawaii's just another Saturday. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic! All right, so yeah, um, so you think Wisconsin's going to win it? I think Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin wins the whole thing. Um, but they stand in the West. Do you think they're going to win the West? Who do you think you'd be their surprise in the West? I guess I would go with Minnesota. Minnesota. I would say Minnesota would be a surprise as well. Like I said, a, I don't think I don't think they'll win it, but I can see him finish in second. Uh, I'll just just for differences, I'll say Iowa's going to win it this year. Okay. So, I mean, like you said, Northwestern, Iowa, Wisconsin are probably three pretty safe choices. Yeah, uh, Minnesota would certainly be the surprise. And <laughs> somehow Scott Frost pulls it off. Maybe those recruiting violations will just suddenly disappear. <laughs> As is tradition in college football, winning cures all. No doubt. All right, um, so let's switch to the East. Let's start with Ohio State. Um, they play at Minnesota in week one, and then they go – they got Oregon at home, and then it's a pretty easy schedule. Um, in October, they do have to play at Indiana and then Penn State. 
So that could be a tricky stretch. Um, the biggest thing for them, I mean, obviously they've got all the talent in the world. It's how quickly does CJ Stroud kind of come along? Yeah, and the rough thing that's going to happen for them is they got to play Minnesota to start, and then they got to play Oregon. Yeah, that is a that's a quick one too for CJ Stroud. Right. I mean, he he does get the benefit. He's got two really good uh, wide receivers that he can throw the ball to. Yeah, that's true. Probably the best wide receiver room in the country. Um, I guess you could argue back and forth with it about Oklahoma, but uh, these guys are pretty good. They got a lot yeah. of depth. Yep. So any quarterback is eventually going to be amazing in this offense. Almost certainly. You would think so. I mean, with the track record they have, especially with developing quarterbacks um, ever since Urban came in. I mean, Yeah, Ryan Day is having no trouble producing the well, next I mean, man he, up at QB. Right. Um yeah, I mean, there's pretty much no drop-off when Irvin left, and they kicked over to Ryan Day. Uh, yeah, that's really surprising, I feel like. I uh, it either It's either surprising the fact that that happened or, you know, what was uh, what was Urban Meyer actually doing? Well, I think they just said they have such a stranglehold on the Big Ten for the most part that they pretty much, I mean, they almost kind of get that whole area to themselves as far as recruiting goes. And Ohio and Michigan and those places, I mean, they produce pretty good football players. Uh, that's true. They're and they recruited good... Texas very well. Yeah. And then when you look in the top ten in recruiting, I mean, Ohio State's always going to be in the top five, right there right. with Bama, Georgia, and LSU, Clemson. Right. I mean, it's always the same five teams or so. Um, they, uh, I mean, and, and I'm pretty sure last year's recruiting class is probably one of the best they've ever had and still didn't get first. Well, that's just because Alabama literally, <laughs> their recruiting class was stupid last year. Yeah, the highest graded recruiting class ever at 247, which I know they're not that old, but I mean. I mean, still mid-2000s. Yeah, it's, 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 an impressive, it's an impressive feat. All right, let's uh, switch to Indiana. Uh, Indiana, that's a, it's a hard one for me, honestly, because uh, yeah. obviously they've done well the last two years. Um, they get Michael Penix Jr. back at, off of injury. Um, they've got some playmakers at wide receiver and stuff. It's just, I don't know, man. I feel like they're boom or bust. I feel like they're either going to be really good or they're just going to, it's going to fall off a cliff and it, the, the fun ride's going to be over for Indiana. Yeah. I mean, you could see, you could see it happening, but at the same time, I mean, that's another one. That's another one that's going to be tough to figure out. Yeah. I mean, they, they got to play Iowa week one. And so what I said earlier, I did mean as, as far as Iowa or Wisconsin, because Iowa plays Indiana, Wisconsin plays Penn State that first week. That That's going to kind of start to tell you real quick who they are. I'd be more worried about playing Iowa than I would Penn State, to be honest. Well, I mean, that's fair. But you would, you would figure Penn State has the potential to have a huge bounce back here or just solidify the cliff they fall, fell off of was real. Right. Well, I mean, they finished strong last year. They started off terrible, but they won their last four. Yeah, they uh, they lost five straight and then won four straight. <laughs> uh, Indiana plays Cincinnati in week three, so that'll be that'll be an interesting matchup. You know, Cincinnati is the one group of five team, and maybe I'm biased because we played them. Um, I, I feel like they're the, one of the group of five teams that really is a lot better than advertised. If Cincinnati. If some if 
Cincinnati somehow sneaks into the playoffs, it wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't bother me as much as like a Boise State sneaking in. Yeah, just after seeing them in in person, like I, I mean, any group of five team it wouldn't bother me. I just feel like the problem with a group of five team is as soon as they run into a fully functioning Bama or LSU or right. Georgia, they're like they're gonna get dismantled. Yeah, no, I agree. I, well, I don't know. They can make it interesting. I think um, they I, they don't have the depth to go toe to toe with a team like that. But crazy things have happened. I mean, it's true. That's why they play the game. Right. I mean, Clemson, if they cakewalk through the ACC and get a fired-up Cincinnati team we in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah they could definitely lure you in. It could happen. But uh, with that being said, I still feel like Indiana has a good chance. Um, I feel like they have a good chance. It's the only team, realistically, that can probably challenge Ohio State I, for, the, I, for the Big Ten championship. I agree. Unless Penn State has a bounce back, I don't have any confidence in the rest of them outside of Indiana to even challenge Ohio State. Uh, I feel like Michigan's got too many question marks, and I feel like they're going to end up like I, I know they restructured Jim Harbaugh's deal, but I just he's That's, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's yeah. a, I think he's in the hottest. Of I, hot I think the, I don't think the players are bought, have bought into Michigan anymore. I think they're they're kind of checked out. Yeah, they're going to have to move in a different direction in Harbaugh and that. Yeah. Um, Penn State, um, they start the season at Wisconsin, like we talked about. They get Indiana uh, early October. They go Indiana, then Iowa. Off week, Illinois at Ohio State. So I'll, t- I'll tell you an, an interesting game that I see, and it's this is an SEC bias, but, I mean, after they play Wisconsin, they're oh, week yeah. three at Auburn. Uh, is it at Auburn? No, it's in it's in it's, uh, it's at Penn State. Yeah, so that's interesting because I feel like this is probably one of the weaker Auburn teams we've had in some time. But I'd be curious to see what that does to Penn State because still Auburn. I mean, it'd be like kind of the. I mean, they're they're in a different world right now. But like the struggles y'all had last year, I still would have picked y'all to beat Penn State ten out of ten times. Yeah, that's fair. Um... I don't know about Auburn right now, but I would think I would still pick them. Well, from seven, what I understand, Auburn's seven. got like the lowest vaccination rate of any of the SEC schools, which is like <laughs> not surprising. A problem. Yeah, it is a problem, and they're going to go to Penn State and wreck the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Penn State. Like I said, I'm not a huge James Franklin fan. I think um, he did a good job at Vanderbilt. There's no denying that. He made Vanderbilt actually kind of fun for a couple of years. Um, mm. I just, I don't know, man. He just, he hasn't put it together. He's had so many chances. And I know you play in the same side of your conference as Ohio State, but you can't tell me you can't just, you know, screw around and win one every once in a while. Well, he's not alone. There's quite a list of teams that just can't seem to do anything with Ohio State. But, I mean, even if you look at an Alabama or Clemson, two teams that have been dominant over their conferences for the past decade, I mean, Alabama's lost to Texas A&M a couple times. Alabama's lost to LSU. You know, Clemson's lost to Syracuse. Clemson's lost to these other teams. I mean, it happens. I just feel like it doesn't ever happen for Penn State. Yeah, that's fair. Like, they've never somehow luck their way into beating Ohio State. Right. And Ohio State will lose like Purdue on like a random like week six <laughs> where they just get blown out, but they for whatever reason they I mean I'm sure Penn State probably has beaten them at some point in the last ten years, but I don't know, it just feels like 
the Penn State Ohio State games always met like hyped up, and then Ohio State just beats the shit out of them. Yeah, I feel like Penn State has had a long road to recover, like just getting back to to something of respectability ever since the Joe Pa deal. Yeah, and that's part of it. Um, Which that's not really his fault. Well, it is. That's well, it's not Jay Frank's fault, but no, 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 it's not. Um. Yeah, James Franklin is. I mean, he's he definitely has made him a lot better. But yeah, last year was a travesty. Yeah, for sure. Uh, at least the start of the season. Um, Maryland. I'll go ahead and say it now. Maryland's my surprise team. Yeah, I actually would agree with that. They've actually done fairly well in some recruiting as of re- uh, lately. And yeah, they I, got uh, Raheem Jarrett. They stole him away from LSU. Yeah, five star wide receiver. I can't help but think that a lot of Maryland recruits go and see their facilities and their uniforms, and that's what yeah. lures them in. <laughs> I um, mean, they got a little Tua. So, yeah. Do you think he's going to do anything there? I do. Um, I think he's going to surprise some people. I don't. He's not as good as his brother, but I mean, he can he can sling it. Yeah, he. Um, I don't know. I think he may end up being better than people think. Maybe not an Alabama level, but you know, I think it'll be better than what people think. Yeah, for sure. Um, Rutgers. It's going to take Shiano a couple years, just like it took him the first time. I don't expect a whole lot of them out of this year. Yeah, I I would have to agree. I think they're probably going to be... I mean, if I had to pick, it's to me, it's either going to be Michigan State or Rutgers at the bottom. I don't know. Michigan State might surprise us, but I think Rutgers is definitely the bottom of the of the East. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I mean, but there is a potential Michigan. It could be real bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why. I just feel like they have they have super underachieved. So they play Temple Week One, and they got to go to Syracuse. They could lose that game easily. Yeah. Delaware should be a win. At Michigan, they probably yeah. lose. Ohio State, they probably lose. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding. Yeah, and then you got to go... I mean, the one I said they might win was Michigan State, and then you got to play Northwestern. So, I mean, they, they potentially could just have one win <laughs> going into the Wisconsin game. Maybe two. They should probably have two going into... The Wisconsin game. Temple and... Temple and Delaware. You should be able to win those games. Yeah. You schedule those games because you should be able to win those games. Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, crazier things have happened, um, but you schedule those games with the intent to win those games. So yeah. I count those as wins. So, with that being said, uh, we covered every team in the East, did we not? Yes. No, uh, we still haven't talked about Michigan or Michigan State. Oh, that is correct. We haven't. I'm I'm looking at a different list than what's on our list. Apologies. All right, what's next in line? Uh, let's go with Michigan. Uh, they play Washington in week two, so that'll be an interesting game. That will be an interesting game. Uh, I... I mean, the schedule's not terrible. Um, I mean, they play Wisconsin in week five at yeah. Wisconsin, so they'll probably lose that game. Let's see here. I but then, think, I mean, they play Indiana at Penn State at Maryland. I mean, they could be 8-0 heading into the Indiana game and then lose their last four. <laughs> I mean, they could be 8-0, but they could easily be 4-4. Four four. <laughs> I mean. 
don't know about four and four. I think they beat Nebraska. I think they beat Rutgers. I think they beat NIU. I think they beat Western Michigan. I think I'm just probably too down on on Michigan. I uh, I mean maybe Harbaugh does something, and, and you're probably right. I could see him dropping two of these games. So for sure, the Washington and Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Game. Yeah, I could definitely. I I almost expect them to lose both those games. Yeah. Um. So they could be they could be four and two. Um. I don't know. I think they. I think they lose to Northwestern. I think they beat Michigan State, but I think they turn right around and lose to Indiana. Yeah. Uh, um, they might beat. It depends on what Penn State we get this year. Uh, if it's bad Penn State, Michigan wins. If it's good Penn State, Michigan loses. Um, Maryland, if they're the surprise team that we both think they may be, I think they they could lose that game, and they're definitely losing against Ohio State. <laughs> He somehow screws around and beats Ohio State this year. They're, not, they're never going to get rid of him. <laughs> somehow he wins seven games, and one of them is Ohio State. Yeah, they'll they'll sign him for another five years. God bless him. Uh, Michigan State. We don't spend a whole lot of time on them. We both kind of think they're going to be last. Yeah, I think it could be between them and Rutgers. Honestly, I don't. I think they're. They've been good in recent history, but they really fell off. They play. They got to go to Miami in week three. They start off with at Northwestern. That's not good. Um, so yeah, I mean, they could be one and two going into the Nebraska game, and I don't know if they could beat Nebraska. So it may be a very slow start for them. Yeah, I don't see them beating Northwestern or Miami. That's a toss up. So they could be two and two. They they have a decent stretch after you know, like you've got Nebraska, Western Kentucky, Rutgers, and then you got to play Indiana and Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I, they may only get like four wins this year. I I could definitely see and see them being last. Yeah, so I think we both have Ohio State winning the East, and we both have Maryland as a surprise team for the East. Agreed. Um. So yeah, that pretty much wraps up the Big Ten. Uh, as far as the Big Ten Championship goes, and I think you've already stated it, who do you think wins it all? Wisconsin. You think Wisconsin wins it all? Yep. I think if Iowa beats Wisconsin and ends up winning the West, I think Iowa will win it all. Um, but then that's just me going against you because I said I was going to. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could easily see uh, Wisconsin doing it. All right, let's but switch. still, still, to, I mean, to finish up, I'm not sure if either team can beat Ohio State or not. It depends on what C.J. Stroud. It'll be interesting to see what Ohio State looks at the end. Of this, looks like at the end of the season. Um, I don't know, man. I like Graham Mertz. Wisconsin is always one of those teams that they know who they are, so and they have their identity. Yeah, so. they're going to be tough, and they got that. They got a great running back this year. Yeah. All right, All right, let's switch you over to the ACC. We're going to start with Boston College. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't want to watch a lot of Boston College. Um, their schedule doesn't look that hard. They play Missouri in week four and then add Clemson. But other than that. I, yeah, I I kind of feel the same way. Like, I mean, one of their toughest games I see is Missouri, Clemson. Uh, not a whole lot after that. Well, it's just kind of the ACC. It's just kind of a clump of NC State, Louisville, Syracuse, you know, even Virginia Tech and Virginia, 
and Boston College. I mean, they all just kind of one week one beats the other, the next week the other beats the other, and they just all kind of finish up with you know middle of the road records. Yeah, I mean, I thought for sure Boston College was going to run over Clemson last year, and then DJ Ungalalele he ended up coming alive for him. Had his uh, first career game through for like 450 yards, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know any of these names on their depth chart. So, like I said, I don't know a whole lot of Boston College. I don't either. I don't really. I know Matt Ryan went there, and that's about it. <laughs> uh, Clemson, I think we both kind of agree. Um, I think they can lose the Georgia game and still make the playoff. I mean, if you look at their schedule, Georgia is the only ranked team they play this so you season. Think, so you think it could be a big loss, for, like a, a good loss uh, for them? Yeah, I think because, I mean, it's going to be a close like game. I've, like I've openly said on this podcast, I think Georgia wins the national championship. Um, so a close-ish loss to the team that goes on which one? I mean, the team that wins the SEC, in my opinion, that'll get you in the playoff. I don't see why not. Okay, so well, I feel like we're gonna have to have a whole scenario just for playoffs. That's a that is a whole nother tangent, but <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with you. I could see that happening. I mean, Clemson has also been there so many times; it's hard to just not put them in. Right. I mean, they and they don't. I mean, their side of the ACC is pretty weak this year. They don't draw Miami. They don't draw UNC. Uh, UNC. They, they have a schedule to make them great and injury-free. I mean, it's, it's, it's a typical Clemson schedule. Yeah. <laughs> the same schedule they play every I mean, year. it's wild. I mean, Georgia Tech should be kind of interesting. I think I'm higher on uh, Georgia Tech than some other people are. I, I think they're a program on the rise. Yeah. Uh, I really like their running back, Gibbs. I think he's good. The quarterback's good, too. I still, I still feel like they're a little bit of ways, but I mean that could be just like Syracuse has been to Clemson yeah, this I mean, past couple of years, just like sneak up on them and beat them. But a week, I mean, week three game, I mean, it's at Clemson, which doesn't help, but I can see Georgia Tech pulling off an upset. Yeah, I could see that as well. I mean, I think Georgia Tech is slow but surely getting back to being a little bit more respectable inside the ACC. The new coach they have, I think, is taking them in the right direction. Uh, I like, yeah, I do like their new coach. As, as much as I love a good old, you know, veer. I mean, everybody triple loves option. a good triple option offense, but sooner but, or later, you gotta, you gotta modernize unless you're it, in academy school. Yeah, it's 2021, man. <laughs> uh, Florida State, just looking at their schedule, it's a rough schedule. Yeah, they uh, they put out a statement saying they were wanting to get back to respectability in the ACC. It's gonna be hard uh, this year. It's gonna be. I mean, kicking off with Notre Dame. Uh, it's it's a Sunday game, a Sunday night game too, which yeah. is odd. You play at North Carolina. You gotta play at Clemson. Um, then you got Miami, and you gotta play at Florida. Yeah, I honestly, I don't expect them to win any of those games. And yeah, if you lose to Notre Dame, that's five losses right there. Seven and five is it's not terrible, but it's not respectable. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I mean, but... I guess it's respectable considering how bad they've been. Yeah, ever since they won the national title and then Jimbo left, they it was just a double whammy. But if you win, if you lose any of these other games, I mean, that's six and six, and that's just that's average. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make a splash in the ACC this year. They may want to. I don't think they're going to do it. I don't. I'm not so sure they can beat Syracuse. Syracuse is tricky, man. They play a lot of teams close, but I feel like they don't win many of the close ones. 
Uh, agreed. Um, I want them to be good. I miss them when they were good, but I just don't think they are right now. Syracuse, Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, I. It's good for football when the three big Florida schools are all pretty good. It, it is. It's more fun. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go switch to Louisville. They play Ole Miss week one. Um, that'll <laughs> be think, interesting. And then they play I, UCF in week three. Yeah, I, I'm personally thinking Ole Miss torches Louisville. I think that offense is going to go crazy. Yeah, in in a dome. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to blow right past them. There, you might see some kind of a record passing numbers wise set week one. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think Louisville's defense. I mean, Mississippi could come in and have a misstep, but I feel like it's in this day and age, it's the defenses trying to catch up with the offenses. Yeah, just, I mean, they're just gonna they're gonna keep throwing it until you stop them, and I don't the, know if Louisville stop. I don't think they can either, and they just well, I don't know where they find all these wide receivers at, but, but they've got them. They just have a never-ending supply of wide receivers at Ole Miss. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the the Florida State game's a toss-up. I think you think they beat UCF or no? I don't know. Oh, it's a Gus Bus. Um, <laughs> I completely forgot he was there. I don't know, man. You want to talk about just the strangest team in the world? And that is a Gus Malzahn led UCF. <laughs> You don't know what the hell you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, it might be a spread option one week and triple option the next. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to get out of that team. That is a kooky team. <laughs> I mean, he he did okay at Auburn. It was just all over the place. Yeah, all right, we got to keep moving. We're getting actually kind of low on time. Uh, NC State. Um, play at Mississippi State. Week two, they play UCF, USF. Week one, I feel like USF is actually not a bad team. They just hired um, Taggart, didn't they? Yeah, I believe they did. I upset watch maybe. Um, Clemson yep. at Miami. I think that Mississippi State one might be trouble. It's hard to say. It's at Mississippi State. I mean, they could be zero and two start season. They could be. Uh, yeah, I got Miami. Uh, and then they finish the year off against North Carolina. I think, I think Tar Heels drum them on that one. Yeah, I think so too. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we can expect at NC State this year. Yeah, and then we can just Syracuse. I mean, Syracuse is one of those teams I secretly love watching. Uh, they usually play early. Um, they are the upset kings. They are. They. I mean, they almost beat LSU. Like. Six years ago, except for Leonard Fournette, ran for like ten thousand yards in that game. <laughs> um, I do think it's hilarious that their stadium is sponsored by a uh, HVAC manufacturer, but they didn't have air conditioning in the stadium for like two years ago. <laughs> that's just that's just great. Oh, they play Liberty. Man. They play Liberty early in the season. That should be an interesting game. Ooh, that'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah, um, and other than that, I mean, their hardest game is Clemson. Yeah, they got to play Pitt, but I have no idea what Pitt's going to be this year. I feel like this is like every year, pitch year is like this is this is pitch year, and then <laughs> and then nothing. It's, it's not. They lose like four games. Uh, Wake Forest. Wake Forest sucks. Uh, yeah, there's no other way to say it. <laughs> R.I.P. Wake Forest. <laughs> I mean, 
I just feel like they're just never going to be good at any gonna, major sports. They're going to kick the season off with Old Dominion and probably get smoked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, give me your sleeper team for the Atlantic. Okay, so I think Clemson's going to win it outright. I think the sleeper team could be could be NC State. Okay. I'll take Clemson to win as well and give me Syracuse as my sleeper team just because I desperately want them to win some games. That would be great. I would not be upset with that at all. All right. Uh, Duke, we can skip Duke. <laughs> Duke, I mean. Duke's just not very good. Yeah, I think Duke finishes last place. End of story. Yeah. I mean, David Cluckleff, I mean, he's been there forever at this point. I mean, it's just they're not a football school, man. No, they're not. They're just not a football school. Um, Georgia Tech. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the right. Georgia Tech probably be my surprise team in this in the coastal. Um, they've got a they've got an iffy schedule. It's a tough schedule. It I is mean, a tough schedule. They got to play Northern Illinois and Kennesaw State, which Kennesaw State is close to close to me. It's actually a school I went to for short amount of time. They go at Clemson, then North Carolina, then Pitt. Yeah, that's um, a rough stretch. That's a rough right three-game stretch. And that's then rough. it doesn't get any better in the back half of the schedule. Yeah, you play at, Duke. And, at Miami, Boston College, at Notre Dame, then Georgia. Yeah, you end your season against Georgia the, after playing Notre Dame in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe they are my pick. That is a rough schedule. That That has got to be... For who they are, this has got to be one of the most this daunting is, this schedules. Is, this is the hardest ACC schedule. It's got to be by far. Uh, it is. I mean, there's, there's, this is a legitimate schedule right here. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> and poor Georgia know, Tech. They, they might be down there with Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me to see him pull off an upset or two. All right. Well, I'll just pocket them as my surprise team because I would truly, yeah, for, truly for be next surprised. Year, for next year, they're my surprise team. No, they can be my surprise team this year because I okay. would be, I would shit my pants. Well, what one they, of those upsets? One of those upsets is Georgia. Please don't say that. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, sorry, Miami. Week one against Alabama. That's gonna be tough. I think they have a chance. But after that, I mean, besides the UNC game, I mean, it's a pretty manageable schedule. Yeah, I think they're they've got yeah, they've got the UNC game. I am super interested to see this Alabama Miami game because of one thing. DeAndre King or Derek King versus a fresh QB in Bryce Young at Alabama. Like I said in the first episode of the podcast, this is the first time Alabama's played one of these neutral side games where there's like a true legitimate established quarterback. Um so at, it'll be interesting. At and, and they always struggle with Quarterbacks that can move. They always struggle with well quarterbacks. Yeah, and it's at Miami too, so it could be a tough season. No, it's a, it's a it's a neutral site game, isn't it? Oh, is it neutral site? Yeah. It's yeah, it's in Atlanta, so it's a neutral site game. Okay, okay, okay. It says at Alabama on the, or at Miami at the schedule. But that's that's on Google. So that's just a simple you're right. Uh North Carolina. I think North Carolina I honestly think mm-hmm. In my opinion, whoever wins the North Carolina Miami game is who wins this side of the conference. I would agree with that, one hundred percent. Because very similar to Miami, I mean, they're all. I mean, they play Ohio, they play Notre Dame too. But other than that, I mean, it's a very manageable schedule. 
Yeah, North Carolina has a pretty great schedule. I mean, they play Virginia Tech, Georgia State, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Duke, Florida State, and then they got Miami and Notre Dame. Right, and then there's bye week in between. Yep. So that always helps. And yeah, they got a bye week going into Notre Dame, so that'll be good. But then they finish with Pittsburgh, Wofford, and NC State. So yeah, they're probably, what do you think, one or two loss team? I mean, they're probably a one loss team if they win the division. If they win the Miami game, I mean, I can see them beating both. I can see them going undefeated. I mean, I, I told you at the beginning, I mean, we t- I talked about it in the first episode. I wouldn't be surprised if North Carolina beats Clemson and makes the college football playoff. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. I think UNC, with having their quarterback back and what Mac Brown's put together over there, they're probably the most established, certainly on the coastal side. Yeah, I mean they've got they've got talent. Um, they've recruited very well. So. Miami's right there with them, but I do think UNC is the better the better team. I think UNC's got the better coach. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely got the experience. Yeah, and he, and he knows how to win. And I was correct. I actually did go back and look. Mac Brown was at UNC before he went to Texas. I, yeah, I looked that up last week as well. We never talked about it, and I saw that. I did not realize that he went from UNC to Texas, Texas to UNC. Back, back to UNC. <laughs> A couple years in between, but yeah. Um, Pitt. Uh, I have no idea what Pitt is. I know their quarterback's pretty good, Kenny Pickett. Um, yeah. But outside of that, it's pretty much a crapshoot. I mean, they, they, go, they play at Tennessee Week 2. That would be an interesting game. Yeah. Um, um, they got a pretty rough stretch at Clemson, then Miami, at Duke, and then North Carolina. But at least the three hard games are all at home. I mean, that helps. Pitt always pulls off some kooky upsets at home. So Pitt, Pitt has a little bit of the Syracuse syndrome. Like, like you said earlier, they always think it's their year, and right. then they just end up being the upset masters. Yep. All right. Uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. I feel like they're both kind of in the same boat. I think Virginia's probably a little bit better than Virginia Tech is. I'm not a huge uh, Justin Fuente fan. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Virginia's probably a little bit better, but I think the team to beat in the state of Virginia is going to be Old Dominion <laughs> at a conference. But <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean, just looking at the Virginia schedule, at UNC week three, at Miami in week five, they play Notre Dame at the end of the season. It's just kind of like we talked about in the beginning. I mean, there's all these teams that are just kind of lumped up in the same category where they just all kind of beat up on each other from week to week and they yeah. all just kind of finish around the same area. Yeah, I think Virginia and Virginia Tech both are in that in that area. I mean, just look at the results from last year. Uh, Boston College 5-5, five five, Pitt 5-5, five five, Virginia Tech 5-5, five five, Virginia 4-5. Wake Forest three and four. I mean, it's just they're all they're all right there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, that's it's it's the weirdest conference because they talk about it so highly, but I feel like Clemson is what pulls the whole conference up. And well, the yeah. I mean, Clemson is. I mean, I guess they're not that. The only real difference between them and probably the SEC is at the end of the day, Clemson still usually wins it. Yeah. Whereas you'll have like an LSU or Georgia or a, uh, you know, some other teams that have won the SEC on the few years that Bama didn't do it. Whereas in the ACC, it doesn't matter how good the other teams are. Clemson usually still wins. But this well, is this will probably be the most interesting year because they you know they're replacing their starting quarterback. North Carolina, and Miami are both pretty good. Um, 
So this could be a pretty interesting ACC. Now the issue you run into is that Clemson doesn't really doesn't play either of these teams in regular season, so it'll have yeah. to be the ACC championship. Yeah, uh, and I would certainly think um, the winner of the division, I think, is probably or of this side of it, I think, is going to be UNC or Miami. If there's another conference that might be able to sneak in two teams to the college football playoff, it would probably be the ACC this year. I um, think so. Well, I you know what? I'd have to agree with you. So let's just devil's advocate. UNC goes eleven and one and only loses to Miami. That gives them a win over Notre Dame and a bunch of wins over not great teams. If your second best, you know, SEC school or your best Pac twelve school is ten and two, yeah, you can make a case for North Carolina. Well, if an undefeated or a one loss North Carolina beats an undefeated Clemson for for sure. I think you could make the argument. Yeah. Well, I think your better, your best bet is uh, for sure Clemson getting in, and then maybe either. And it's hard because if Miami loses to Alabama and loses to UNC, they probably don't get in. So UNC is probably your best bet to get a second team in. If like, or even if they lose to, well, if they lose to Notre Dame, they would still make the AC championship. So yeah, I mean it's. I don't know. I feel like they're the best, the second best conference this year. I feel like they're they've got three teams that legitimately can make a playoff game. Yeah, I I, I could agree with that. Um, well, who do you who do you pick as the uh, winner overall in your surprise? You know, I, I want to pick UNC. I really want to pick UNC, but I mean, I got to pick Clemson, I guess. I'm gonna pick UNC to win it. I, yeah. I think I think they're gonna. I think they could pull it off. If there I, were a year to pull it off, this would be it. If they played, I mean, it's a tough thing. They're not gonna play Clemson until the end of the year, and I don't know if they'll have the depth to go toe to toe with Clemson at the end of the year. If they beat Miami and Notre Dame, I, and they're and they're healthy, I think they got a shot at beating Clemson. Yeah. My surprise team, and I want to pick Georgia Tech, but that schedule's rough. Uh, give me Pitt, I guess. They finally do something this year. I don't know, man. Well, I'm going to go with the true definition of surprise, like I said earlier. It, Georgia Tech will be my surprise team, not because I think they can be. It just would totally be. It would be surprise me. I would go slap somebody's mama. I just wouldn't believe it. But like, Georgia um, Tech. I want it to be Georgia Tech. I really do because I do like their coach and I do like their quarterback and running back. Um, and I think, like I think, what I said earlier is true. They're on the up and up, but that is a brutal schedule. That's a rough schedule. That's got to be the tough schedule. I have like an SEC schedule. <laughs> a hands. Well, down. I think Michigan's schedule is pretty tough too, if I remember correctly. I yeah, think they Mich- play like they play like five ranked teams. Yeah, Michigan's got a tough schedule, but for Georgia Tech, who Georgia Tech is, that's a brutal schedule. Right. No, that's a that is a gauntlet of a schedule. All right, so Clemson, we both picked Clemson to win. Oh no, you picked UNC to win the ACC. Yeah, I picked UNC and Georgia Tech. I'll go with my surprise. You picked Ohio State to win the Big Ten. Uh, unless I, Iowa, unless Iowa wins it, then you pick Iowa. Yeah, if Iowa beats Wisconsin, I pick right. Iowa. I mean, yeah, we got. I mean, a couple different opinions on here. Um, as opposed to like the Pac-12 where we both picked Oregon and the Big 12 where we both picked Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there could be, I mean, generally it's been Clemson, but I think this is a year we might actually see some shakeup. 
I'd love to see it. I'm I love chaos. I think any year you have just random teams. The 2007. I mean, it's still the greatest season of all time. Yeah, it'll go down. So the more seasons we can have, like 2007, and the less seasons we can have, um, like every other season for the last like three years outside of 2019. Yeah, all for it. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it for our Big Ten and ACC previews. Yeah, we kind of went long in the Big Ten, so we kind of had to speed through the ACC a little bit. Um, we got everybody in. Yeah. Um, right, so, random topics. Um, this is our favorite segment of the entire podcast, honestly. Uh, hands down. I get a kick out of this every time we do it. Uh, okay, so first question. Do you prefer to watch movies in the theater or in the comfort of your own home? And I will preface this pre COVID. What was your option? Oh man. I, I feel like I'm a big movie. Like I love to go to the movies, but that being said, I hate being around other people in the theater. (laughs) I don't know if you, I mean, I know more and more movie places have moved to this, but do y'all have the theaters that have like the comfortable reclining chairs? Where I live now, yes, but previously, okay. no. <laughs> See, that, to me, that completely changes going to the movie theater. Because um, it's just you're comfortable the entire time. I'll be honest with you. If it's a theater that has the dinner part with it, where you can actually order no, no, dinner. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the dinner part. I, I do. I love it. I, I, I was totally... It's too much commotion. I get distracted. I don't, well, I'm not going to try to like eat wings or a burger while I'm trying to watch a movie. Uh, or chips and dip. Like It's just... Usually the food they serve in those places is not great for a movie watching experience. So, and then the waiters are constantly moving around, and I don't know, man. I I don't like it. Yeah, I I guess that's just a personal thing for me. I'll smash my thing of M and M's and finish my icy before the movie starts. I'm sad. Oh man, icy! (laughs) You you gotta get the wild cherry icy when you go to the movie theater. Um, To me, it depends on the movie. Like for. Marvel movies, because they do, and I guess most action movies and stuff like that, they do like the big dramatic scenes. They just translate so much better on a theater screen than they do like your home TV screen. Yeah, absolutely um, agree. But if it's like a drama movie or you know something that doesn't have like the big cinematic shots like that, I'm fine watching it from home. Yeah, I'll 100% watch The Notebook at home. Yeah, I'm more of a political thriller guy. Movies like uh, <laughs> Manchurian Candidate. Yeah, like, I, I to me. I love those movies. I don't know. I'm just a weird person. Uh, she like that. I just love it. Dude, Pelican Brief. I've watched that at home Pelican all the time. There's another one. I watched Argo again recently. That's a really good one. I have not seen Argo. Argo is fantastic. I know the actual story, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, Argo's got solid cast. Um, it's, a, it's a good movie. I highly recommend it. All right. Moving on to our next question. What was the least favorite job you've ever had? Uh, I'm going to have to go with delivery parts driver. Uh, I worked for a dealership delivering parts in a van and was it down by the river? It was not down. Well, no, it was up on a hill. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it came with some perks, but my job was to go sit in Atlanta traffic at the worst times of day. And it just made me that. And I started listening to talk radio for a short amount of time. It's probably the most angry I've ever been in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then like when I quit that job, I just realized I was like, Oh my God, 
I was like, I just spent the last year just being mad. <laughs> yeah. I had this question because I had one specific job that I wanted to talk about. Um, Let's hear it. So when I was a sophomore in college at LSU, I worked in the accounting department of the entomology department. Do you know what entomology is? I feel like I do know. It's a study of bugs. Yes. Okay, yes. So I was working in the accounting department filing like expense reports for people that studied bugs. I was the only dude in that office. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't I didn't do anything. Like I it was it was just the worst. I literally just sat there for like four hours, like three times a week, and just stared at a wall. <laughs> I didn't have oh. anything in common with anybody I worked with. I didn't want to talk to these weirdo people about their bugs or anything, and I just filed expense reports. How in the world did you get that job? Uh, just... geez, I don't even remember. But I quit like I quit it for like three months. Yeah, I, the only a... thing I quit, I think it just stopped showing up. I was like, I don't, I don't even want to buy. <laughs> I just don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> oh my god! I could just see you just like one day, just like standing right outside the building. Don't say well, you don't know this about me, Jared, but you know what an Irish goodbye is, right? No, I don't. Irish goodbye is when you're like hanging out with people at a bar or any other type of social setting and you just leave. Yes. You don't, you don't say bye to anybody. You're you just not there. You're just, you turn around and one second that person's gone. I am the king of Irish goodbyes. <laughs> the only reason I say bye to people now is because usually my wife's with me. If she wasn't there, I'd just leave. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to note that in case we ever hang out, just just us as a group. And I notice you've disappeared. I won't worry about you. Ask Logan. Uh, ask Logan about uh, Tori. What's her last name? I can't remember her last name. Tori's birthday party when we were like sophomores or juniors in college. We went to a bar. Like four people rode with me. Him and I were just sitting there talking. He turns around, and two minutes later, I'm gone. <laughs> ten out of ten. Abandoned everybody. She, the girls whose birthday it was rode with me, and I just left her. I don't even know what to. I don't even know what to say to you. Yeah, I mean, we we weren't that close friends, but it is what it is. Obviously, yeah. I'll, I'll take you somewhere, but you cannot count on me for a ride later. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gone. Uh, okay, what's your favorite holiday? Uh, Let's do this. What's your favorite non like traditional holiday? Don't say Thanksgiving. Don't say Christmas. Like, what's your favorite like random holiday? Oh, my birthday's on Thanksgiving, so it's not my favorite. Um, non-traditional holiday man i don't even i mean i i'm trying to think of a day that i get off work that's that's a day that i martin luther king day we, we don't take martin luther king day off really we don't we get it off in louisiana uh i'm surprised i mean in georgia and no we don't take it off that is surprising yeah so it would be my favorite. Uh, <laughs> Columbus Day. Memorial Day? <laughs> Labor Day? Uh, Memorial Day. I think Memorial Day. That's a perfect weekend because summer kicks off. Usually always going out to the lake or barbecue or something. That's a good one. For me, it's St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> um, I just... the the So the cheap out, the cop out for me would be Mardi Gras because it's technically a holiday in Louisiana, but not really most other places. Um, but St. Patrick's Day, there's usually there's a huge St. Patrick's Day parade in Baton Rouge, and I can't tell you how many great St. Patrick's Days I've had. I mean, we get up at like four o'clock in the morning, start drinking by six, by like noon, 
you're passed out in your bed, you wake up again, you go out that night. So to me, St. Patrick's Day, because I've also walked and ridden in the parade numerous times. I love St. Patrick's Day. That sounds like a, it sounds like a party. It sounds oh, well, like a great I mean, time. any anytime we can find an excuse in Louisiana to have a parade and drink, we're all about it. I don't doubt that. Yeah, that's just that's our life. <laughs> After my last uh, visit there, I totally <laughs> totally agree you that get, that get I get it. Yeah, 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 I see how that happens. All right, if you could teleport to see any event in history, where when would you go? Um, you know, after seeing Loki, uh, with the various timelines and like he went back to Mount Vesuvius, um, I, I feel like I would love to transport back in time. I mean, even as recent as to just be somewhere to see like the Mount St. Helens eruption, just to see something crazy like that at a distance that is close yet. I will not die. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. That's, that's quite the I- answer. I just want to see something crazy like that, I guess. I mean, if you, I mean, it's either that or, I mean, I, I, you know, one thing I would find incredibly interesting is to go back and see like one of the ancient Olympics. Oh, okay. It, it, I think it would be incredibly interesting, although it'd probably be hard to watch, go back and see a gladiatorial game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a different mindset back then, but yeah, I mean like something like, cause you always hear stories about how things were in like ancient, Greece and all that stuff to actually go back and like see it do something different yeah that's true if you uh I've always had this like weird fantasy about going back in time with like an iPhone with everything backed up on it that you could just show people and I just wonder what would happen if you just started showing ancient Greeks or ancient Romans YouTube videos (laughs) just of anything uh the pen pineapple guy (laughs) (laughs) what was it if you showed them pen pineapple guy, <laughs> they might they might kill themselves. They, they they might put you into the <laughs> the scaphus or the, or the boats, yeah. cover you in honey and trap you in a wooden barge and float you out into the middle of the lake and let the bugs eat you. <laughs> it's like who is this demon? Uh, at what age should you give up on the idea of having a six pack? In my opinion, if you don't have a six pack by the time you're like twenty two, it's not. I was even going to say 18. If you don't have it as a teenager. It... I don't know. Some people, once they go to college, like really like crack down on like their personal life because they just have all this free time. So they just go work out a lot. I guess that's fair. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that have gotten them later in life. I don't know. I gave up on my idea of a six pack when I was like 10. So, uh, That's sad, dude. <laughs> I mean, Jared, you've met me at any point in my life. Does it look like I would have had a six pack? I mean, as much as me, I guess. I mean, like one physically on my body, not just me carrying one around. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I was I mean, never going to be a shredded guy. I was going to say, I think I gave up in the fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, not far off from where I no. was. No, I don't think I was built to have. Even if I was in the best shape of my life, I feel like it would still just be a solid <laughs> no definition. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's it. Um, the random topics for today. Uh, uh, I've got one thing I want to add before we close out, just because I heard something today and I looked it up and it turned out to be true. And I was just, I was going through Reddit earlier today and I saw what is something like a crazy season or a crazy stat that your school is known for Tennessee, a Tennessee fan posted that 
It's like if you had to pick which Tennessee quarterback had the most completions without throwing an interception, I saw that. Be? Yeah, and it was Jared Garantano. My man. I mean, <sighs> I would have never picked that in a million years. That blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, the goat man. He he went from having a solid chance to beat Alabama to a fourteen point swing because he decided to do a quarterback sneak instead of running the call play. Oh my board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next week uh, we'll review the couple of games that happened this weekend. Um, we'll gear up for week one, like true week one of the college football. We'll do um, – we probably won't spend a lot of time on this to see preview because we kind of did that in the first episode. We'll maybe go a little bit more in depth than we did in the first episode. Um, I, I think I'm going to bring apart um, something we can talk about off air, but I was going to get us set up with college pick em. Yeah, so I looked. I actually looked at that today. Um can't at least through ESPN, I couldn't figure out a way to uh, set it up for the 2021 season. Um, so hopefully they'll have that ready to go by next week. Uh, usually it's like the week before. Okay, I wasn't so. sure if these. I wasn't sure if this first week was gonna they were gonna activate it before then or not. So yeah, you shouldn't be able to pick yet, but it's usually like the first week of like the big schools. And it usually we runs got a, for we got ten. A big ten matchup, matchup in week one. Yep, we got we got some great games to kick the season off with. It's going to be an insane week one. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, until then, be on to the next next great thing in college football. Be starting this week. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, all right, then guys, thanks for listening. Um, Adam, be short. <laughs> Later, guys. Later. <laughs>